that one especially for you, Wendy, in the chat. But today with me, I have Nitya. Hello, Nitya. How are you? Hi, Frank. It's Thursday, so I must be doing super well. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. We have a new segment today. Yes. I'm so, like, very happy about that. That's always fun to have new member of the crew. That's pretty cool. Yes, But especially if I'm not mistaken, we're doubling our tips, right? So I won't yeah. say anything. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get back to it in a few seconds. But first, let's share some news. So what do you have for us? Yes. So the first thing I want to talk about is this amazing project that was launched by the Advocate team. It's called, mm -hmm. I hope I say this right, NubisGen. And I believe Nubis is actually Latin for cloud. And what it is, is a it, it's really a web-based application that you can go to to configure your entire cloud deployment. And then you can even automate the push with a single Git push. So go check it out. Look at the show notes for a link to the article from the cloud team, I mean, from the advocate teams that worked on this. That's super pretty cool. cool. It's mm -hmm. using Terraforms, correct? Like I'm, yeah. I'm really interested into that. Like, uh, yeah, definitely. I you think know, I just found my window. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be pretty cool. Also, this morning, I was really excited. Let me switch here to my slide. Uh, I saw, uh, I, have, I have a Nintendo Switch, and I saw that post from Nintendo this morning, and I immediately share it to Scott and Simon because I know he kind of usually like those kind of things. So Game Builder Garage is an application that helps you get started in coding. Uh, so by not by typing code, from what I understand, more by dragging kind of connection between blocks and action and condition and things like that, it looked really, really cool. So uh, really looking forward to, uh, to have a look into that. That's, that. I think it's nice. It's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. I just want to be very clear that it's not for kids alone. Sometimes parents should be allowed to like get the switch just for this. Yes, probably. Dep depending on the like how old is the kid but you're right like i think it, it could be a very great experience uh like pair programming with your uh, parents that's pretty cool yeah i actually saw they've released a couple of game examples too i can't wait to check it out all block based so that's cool and then um we might have time for a couple more announcements i think i had a slide on that but basically this week has been chock full of summits So if you're interested in Dynamics 365, Power Platform, there was a whole bunch of announcements that happened at the Microsoft Business Applications Summit earlier this week. So check the show notes for a link to all the sessions where you can watch them live. There's also a post from the Dynamics 365 team on the latest announcements that they made at this event. And last but not least, it's in fact going on right now, the Ability Summit. I think this is a super opportunity for all of us to start understanding what the challenges and issues are and make sure that we're designing our products to like suit everybody of all abilities. So go check out the link. Uh, there's a really nice post from someone in the community that walks through all the different sessions and has a link to all the slides. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So all along, And if you have questions, you can always ask them in the chat. Like I mentioned, Wendy is there. She's answering as much as we can. I will try to jump when I'm not on screen. But at the end of the episode, I always take a little bit of time to read your question and try to answer them. So please leave a question over there. And if you're watching on demand, comments are there too. So today I mentioned we have a big show, so I just explain how the show will end. We'll also have, of course, our ABC segment and our fantastic game, so really looking forward to see our new guest, new crew member uh, playing to that game. That will be nice. 
we have obviously Thomas with uh, certification all up. And then we have Azure Tips and Tricks. And we have this new segment that I mentioned, uh, really happy about that, Visual Studio Tips and Tricks. So Visual Studio, that big IDE where you can code that fantastic tool for developers there. Uh, so that will be very, very, very nice. But first, let's start with our special agent of liaison, Mr. Isaac with us. Are you there, sir? Can I can I see you? Hey, there you are. Frank, how are you doing? That's right, Isaac Levin here, right outside of Azure HQ like usual. And boy, do I have a great Azure tip today. So today, we're going to be talking about versioning Azure blobs. That's cool. Yeah, so let's go ahead and run the video. So uh, for folks that don't know this, you can actually automatically version your blobs right directly from the Azure portal. So how you do that is you go to the data protection section inside of blob, the blob service section of Azure storage. There's a box for tracking on, so tracking turn on versions for blobs. You save that, and then after you get that cool notification, it's as simple as going into the container section. And then from there, all you have to do is upload a blob. So I'm going to upload a blob really quick. This blob is a really simple text file. It just has version one in it. So I'm gonna go ahead and open that, just save that, upload it. And then I'm gonna do this a couple more times, right? So uh, when that's done, upload the second one, make sure that has a different file tech uh, content. So that one's version two. So we'll do the same thing that we did here, but I'm going to check this overwrite if uh, already exists. So after that, upload. So now I have two versions of the same mydoc.txt file. I'll do it one more time. So let's just do that at version three. Say, uh, close that, save that, open it, upload it. And now I have three versions of the same file. Mm -hmm. So how do I see all these different versions? I can click there, I can view previous versions, and then boom, right there. All those different versions that I have, I can easily click on them, download them. I'll just validate that works. So version one, right? We'll just double check to make sure that version two is there as well. So let's do that. Uh, download version again. Boom, version two. And this is great, but in the situation where I want to get access to the original blob or the newest version of it, that's right there too. So I click that, download, and then it's going to pop up in a second, waiting, version three, right? So at the end of the day, super, super cool. So, and there you have it, right? So being able to download and revert versions of files is uh, incredibly powerful and it protects you from losing data. And there you have it, Frank, super, super cool, right? Being able to, you know, if you have assets with their video files or images, you can version them in a really, really efficient way using Azure Blob Storage. That's really cool. Now I have a question, Isaac. So sure. like we saw text, so I'm assuming it, it's working. So if I do images, because a lot of time, like we use Blob Storage for like big files, so images, yeah. does that work also with images? Yeah, it works with everything. So for instance, like the only, the, all it really does is it basically takes a snapshot or a version of that file. So you can actually have two different images with the same file name easily a version. Like say for instance, if, um, great example for Hello World, you take a picture here, um, maybe Isaac's wearing a different shirt, <laughs> but you, you, every, every week you want to have a different version of Isaac's shirt, but you want the same file name. So you could easily go back and say, okay, well, here's the, the timestamp of when that file was created. And that's a older version of it that you can easily get access to. That's pretty cool. Okay. So that's cool. So it makes sense. It works with any type of data that I will put in a blob storage. Now, I know blob storage has different type, right? The hot, the cold, and archive. So does that feature is also available in the like in all the types? 
Yeah, that, that's that's correct, right? You have the ability to see the different versions or the different, I guess, um, types of blob storage that you can get access to, right? Like you mentioned, hot, cold, redundant. You have all those um, all those features are built in, so versioning is available for all of them. And one thing I want to call out as well, so this tip as well as all of our other tips that we do, so those are available in the show notes, so aka MS Hello World, check that out. You know, we've been doing a lot of these tips here, but there's tons more tips for folks to check out with, not just for developers, but for technologists in general. Oh, yeah. You have, like, do you know how many tips and tricks you have? Like, the, yeah, like, over yeah, we have over 300. Yeah, so, you know, we come out with a new tip every single week. So um, it's just really, really great. And obviously, you know, if folks in the community want to contribute ad tips or update tips, we have the ability to do that too. And again, like I said, the link to that as well as all the other tips and stuff we've done on here is available at the show notes. So AKMS Hello World. That's excellent. Like 300 tips and tricks we'll having well, having you for a long time on the show, I'm really happy. Let's bring this. I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, unless, I mean, I get, unless you're going to fire me for giving a bad tip. I mean, no, I don't think so. Okay, Nitsia, did you know about that uh, multi-copy? No, I didn't. And I actually want to go check this out because I want to understand if you can even do like versioning across multiple blob items so that yeah. I can know they all kind of changed versions together. I think that's very cool. I can see good, good use cases for this. Also, yeah. Isaac, I want to see a tearaway calendar, 365 tips. Let's make that happen. Okay. Well, thanks again, guys. I'll see you later. Yeah. So now, Nitya, who's coming? Well, it is Thursday. So I think Thomas has just set himself up for the best segment ever. It's certifications all up. Hi, hello. Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. So how does it feel to be sandwiched between two tips and trick segments? Yeah, that's insane. It's like really overboard. So I, I learn way too much in this show. And uh, so I'm, 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 but I'm excited as always. Yeah. So what new certification tip and um, explanations do you have for us today? Yeah. So last year, uh, last week, we really spoke about AC 900 and the mm -hmm. first like fundamental exam, right? Right. Uh, and this week, we want to speak about the AC 104 Microsoft Azure Administrator Certification Exam. So as you can see here, by the way, <laughs> the first point here that our exams get updated regularly, right? And so you yeah. can see here that we have a couple of changes and starting as of May 25, we will have a new version and I will show you how you find out the changes of this exam uh, in just a bit. Yeah, and I was going to say that that May 25th date is actually super cool because that's when we have Microsoft build. That means we're probably going to see a lot of refreshes and there's going to be lots of opportunities to take certifications, get discounts, see new learning paths. Can't wait for that. But tell us about AZ-104. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'm also very much looking forward to build. But yeah, as you said, let's look at the actual Azure Administrator exam, right? And probably for many of you who are looking at, for example, being an Azure developer, we will have a look at that exam next week, by the way. So turn in, tune in next week. Uh, but as you know, there are also many, many tasks for Azure Administrators out there, especially when it comes to managing um, the cloud environment, uh, govern the cloud environment and making sure that workloads like virtual machines are secured and running correctly. And uh, let's have a look on how actually what we actually ask about that. So as for every exam, what we have here is the skills measured. And mm -hmm. you can see here a list of tasks which you can actually look at. Um, and you can also see a percentage of how much actually of that topic 
will be in the exam itself. So what, what we see here, as you can start here, it starts with actually managing identities in Azure, meaning, for example, things like Azure Active Directory and governance. So that is all about things like Azure policy. Uh, and we talked about uh, storage before. Um, it's also important for administrators, obviously, to know the different storage types and actually how to manage these uh, different storage types. Uh, there is also a big part about managing compute resources. In this case, compute means resources means virtual machines, but also containers. Uh, managing networks in Azure, but also like if you do hybrid connectivity. And then obviously big tasks of administrators when it comes to monitoring and backup. So these are on a high level, the things which are part of this exam. Now, if you wanna have a closer look, you can actually look at the skills outline here. Yeah. And this will give you a PDF uh, with all the different skills and actually a nice, good outline of what it actually means. So if we look at the first part here, managing uh, Azure identity and governance, you can actually see what the objectives are of this exam. So you can see here, create users and groups and all of that. And if you scroll down, for example, doing role-based access and governance with doing Azure policy. So a lot of cool stuff in that exam. Yeah, so this is actually cool because I remember looking at this guide and it actually highlights the areas that might have changed or might be changing in the next revision. But can you tell us where we'd get started if you wanted to prepare for the certification? Yes, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. So there are like a red marks that you can actually see the changes which start of May 25. Um, and also that is also true for all the other exams where we already know that there will be refreshing changes. Now, if you want to get started, uh, my recommendation is to go to microsoft.com slash learn. We have different learn modules there. They're also linked in the, on the exam page itself, and they focus on these different skills and outlines you just saw. That is awesome, and I actually will also give a shout out to the Learn Live team because I think that's ak.ms slash learn live. It'll be in the resources, but we find a lot of sessions where you can interactively work through some of these modules um, with you know, folks, trainers, advocates, whoever. So that's a great resource to have. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, and we should bring Frank back because I hear you're doing double duty and we might be uh, seeing you off in just a bit. That was super cool, Thomas. Thank you a lot. But now it's time for that new segment with Visual Studio Tips and Tricks. Welcome aboard, Matt. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Very excited. So first time on the show, welcome aboard. Welcome in Thursday crew. Uh, I would like you to start just by maybe explaining like what this segment will be uh, about. Yeah, well, this is for all the Visual Studio users out there that uh, could benefit from knowing all these different tips and tricks that Visual Studio has uh, in abundance. And uh, very often we know that people are asking for features not knowing that Visual Studio already have them. And so for this very first episode here, uh, mm -hmm. We're going to kind of reset Visual Studio a little bit. We're going to go back to give Visual Studio that fresh start, because that's how I like to start my development in the morning, is to have sort of that fresh car smell when I open my solution and, and want to get going. So well, how does that sound? I like that. Let's get started. All right. So let's move over to the demo here. So I'm going to open a solution. 
Mm -hmm. It's not a particularly big solution. It has a few projects. And you can see Visual Studio is kind of working on opening that, right? It's preparing the solution. And here it is. It, it took a few seconds, maybe a little longer than you would expect. What Visual Studio did was it opened a bunch of files that I had opened last time Visual Studio was open, right? And it also expanded all the nodes in Solution Explorer to where it used to be my last time. And the problem here is that Visual Studio now has to read that state in do all this expansion, open the documents, and uh, start the C-sharp language services and so on. And that takes time when I open a project. So let's go to tools options to see what we can do about it. I'm gonna go in and I go to projects and solutions and I identify two checkboxes here. One has to do with reopening files when solution loads. I'm gonna uncheck that. And the other one is about like Solution Explorer. And I'm gonna uncheck that as well. And then restart Visual Studio's solution here and we'll see how fast boom, right? It just wow. starts back up instantly because it no longer have to restore that state, open those files and so on. So uh, uh, yeah, so that, you know, that fresh car smell. Indeed, I, I, I remember when you have like big solution, it's long, like you had time to go grab a coffee and come back. So that that's pretty cool. It was so fast, just like boom, it was yep. there. Absolutely. Pretty cool. So, what so else? Let's, yeah, let's take it one step further and see what can we do in the IDE. So here's what your IDE might look like. You have some windows on the left side, on the bottom, and on the right side. Yeah. Maybe you even have like the Git changes window open because the last time you used Visual Studio, you committed your changes to your repo. Now, the thing is about all these tool windows is that they actually take up some time for Visual Studio to load and initialize and hydrate with data and so on. Yeah, and that you know, that hurts performance a little bit when Visual Studio itself starts up. So let's see what we can do so that we only load the tool windows we actually need so Visual Studio can be faster. And when I say faster, I mean up to 33% faster. So I'm gonna open my extensions dialog here and search for an extension called Reset Tool Windows. Mm -hmm. Now I already have this uh, extension installed. And uh, so let's see what it, what it actually uh, provides. And I'm gonna go to tools options where we now have a new settings page okay. under startup called reset tool windows. And here I can decide which of the tool windows that are known to be fast, I want to load. And by default, only solution explorer is set to true, which means this, this is the only one that we're gonna load. And so I'm now gonna just try to restart Visual Studio here so you can see what that looks like. So I'm gonna close it down and go in here and just open it fresh. And uh, boom, right, done. It wow. opens like with, that's faster than a second. Yeah, um, so we optimize so to not open all the windows if we, like, we, it was customizable. So like you decide to keep only the, the solution one, but that's it. And then that's right. And everything else is collapsed. It's still there, but it's collapsed. But you can, as I just did here, I can just, you know, make them visible again and dock them wherever I want. But that initial load is so much faster when I only have to load the tool windows that are known to be fast. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, yeah, like now, like you could decide whatever you want to have that speed up boot and then open what you need exactly. Pretty cool. And but we have a lot of back. There's a lot more tips and tricks on the Visual Studio tips and tricks YouTube channel uh, where you can learn more about how to speed things up. And, and so go check that out. 
Oh yeah, definitely. There's a nice playlist in the in the show note, Nitya. We we'll, we'll should definitely have a look and maybe get inspired for a new uh, drawing of yours. Yes, yes. And it was oh my god, I was like watching this demo and I'm thinking this is like this. These are the kinds of things we need, right? It makes developers really, really productive. Anything that speeds up startup time, I'm here for it. So thank you so much, Matt. And by the way, welcome. We're so thank you. To have you. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> So let's now let's jump to this new segment with ABC and Nitya Hearts. Woohoo! Woohoo! So gonna, and more. Yeah, so let's start by sharing just a couple of slides up front because I always try to start the segment by talking about visual storytelling in the broader sense. So I think we have a slide that shows our visual green tech. For those of you who have been following up and we hope you are loyal fans of this show. Uh, we've been running a, a, a challenge called the Visual Green Tech Challenge for the past month to celebrate Earth Day. Mm -hmm. So I just want to tell you that there's a retrospective blog post. Go to sketchthedocs.dev slash visual hyphen green hyphen tech. It'll be in the show notes. And check out all the various kind of submissions we had. Again, shout out to Loxley, who literally did all 24 of the prompts. Um, so that's the first thing I want to say. It's really yeah. impressive, by the way. Like I, I know we like she was there. We mentioned it, but like, how many did you say she she did? Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, and she also came to the show in the middle. But what I really liked about it is, if you low go look at them, she took the prompt and she actually came up with a visualization that made sense. So, for example, when you're talking about like how do you look at the data, the, the one that you see there with the binoculars and the bird, mm -hmm. right? It's literally like you're looking at data being printed out from the environment into that paper, right? What you see is getting printed out, and that that is visual storytelling. So wow. I love these. Um, so we'll keep that uh, blog post up to date with any new submissions. So if you want to join in, please still do. But the, the contest is finally over. Uh, the second thing I want to share is a visual guide. So one of the prompts we had was actually around Minecraft. I don't know if you know this, but the Minecraft Education Edition literally has a section for Earth Day. So if you're into sustainability, they have virtual worlds and lesson plans. And if you have access to the account, like to the Minecraft Education Edition, you can explore this entire world. This is a visual guide that lets you know what you will learn. So go check it out. Uh, links again will be in the show notes. And I really like that. And is it that little boy we see? Is it your uh, Minecraft uh, partner? <laughs> no, although I will say, so for what it's worth, I did do this with my son and I hugely promote you working, uh, you know, kind of like pair mode with kids that you want to talk, like get them to be informed about sustainability. Uh, I will say I got hopelessly lost. I cannot navigate Minecraft, but that's all he did. That's not him. That's supposed to be the teacher in the, in the, in the kind of like Minecraft world, but yeah. <laughs> really like that. Really like that. It's really amazing. Uh, but now let's uh, let's move to our game. So let's bring uh, our our crew member here. So let's bring uh, Matt and Isaac. Hey! So now it's time for uh, that challenge game. So hopefully, Matt, you you like that because we're having fun. <laughs> oh yeah! Game on! Whoa, Isaac, you're going down. So here's the first one. I'm going to walk through some of the, like, just kind of explain what you might see. And meanwhile, think of the answer. So this one is a service. And literally what I thought of when I was trying to visualize this is what are four examples of what the service does that might give you a hint. And I was really inspired by the Ability Summit, our focus on accessibility and inclusion, and a lot more. So hopefully you guessed what this product is. Two words, INR. I don't know. I'll have to like uh, 
reason myself to this. I think it has to do with like number three. They're like something about the narrator, maybe. Yeah. So I will give you a hint that the second one is reader. If that helps you, it's like this is the this is the tool that's found in many of our platforms and many of the apps that lets you improve readability for folks who have low vision and makes that content more accessible. You know it, uh, Isaac? No. Woo, all I, right. I had, a feel, I had a feeling the last one was reader, like like what Matt said, but yeah, uh, improved reader. Immersive? Or, yeah. Yes. Immersive? Oh. Yes. Wow. Oh my God. Good. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Uh, for what it's worth, you if you haven't already seen it, you should listen to Donna Sarkar's kind of hack on how she used that to help with a neurodiversity challenge that she had. And I really, really love this. So, yep, that's immersive reader. And that's the thing that's in Edge as well, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm wondering if it's part of the web. I think it is. Yes. I was actually looking at it from uh, the perspective of tools that were in Office and that were also in Xbox, I think. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's, let's do another one. I see the time is flying. <laughs> yes. Oh, OK. So I'll give you this should be easy. I'm setting you up. Uh, this is actually a product. And the hint I'll give you is it's vacuuming up data. But what I really like about it, I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of a series of stuff on this whole area of Azure and data. So this is kind of the signature product you will need if you want to collect and transform your data to get insights. OK. I think I got it. Should I guess that? Yeah. You should guess it. <laughs> Azure Data Factory? Yes. Woo! Woo! So, I actually got to learn a lot about this. There are two big components of it. One is copying data, which is really the ingest part, and then data flows, which is automation and pipelines. So hope to actually see a visual guide for this coming up in May. So just look out for that. Awesome. And uh, we should do the next one. Uh, you know what? I see you the time flying, and we had question in the chat. So I think I will prefer switching to the chat. So right. I had. Um, Oh, and people are guessing, so that's pretty cool. So Kay sa said immersive, immersive reader. So we have people playing in the game too in the chat. So congrats to you. I'm very happy about that. Uh, I had one question. Where was it? it was Scott who asked for the um, for it was a question for Isaac, and it was oh yeah, uh, the uh, does the emulator also support the feature we described today? That's a great question. I, I, to be honest, I do not know. I think one of the things that we could definitely in the show notes is provide some more documentation for versioning in general. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting question for sure. I definitely know it's available on the portal, um, and you can do some things using the Azure CLI to kind of turn, you know, different version things on. But yeah, no, we'll definitely make sure to answer that question in the show notes. Cool. And uh, people are very happy. So, Matt, apparently you're the new favorite of a few people in the chat. Very happy about that new segment. So, yes. really <laughs> happy about that. Um, you know what? I think now that I see the question are covered, because I don't want to, like, you know, I think the chat is important. So, uh, maybe we can squeeze one and then we'll recap the show. How do you think? Are you ready for a uh, last one, Nitya? Sure. Let's do it. 30 seconds. All right. Um, I will tell you that I made a mistake in this one in the sense that this is actually a concept, not a service. But other than that, this is one of my favorites. I actually teased it earlier today. It's my favorite uh, metaphor or analogy way you look at it. It looks like a yogurt store, right? You're going and putting in whatever you want. 
but it's one of the core concepts you need to know if you're taking AZ900. Do you know what it is? This is the term that you use for you pay for only what you use and you don't have to manage your infrastructure. I'll give you a hint. The last one is model. I know what it is. <laughs> Shoot. It's the cloud consumption model. Yes. What do you think of this? Don't you think this kind of tells the story so well? I'm like, yes, cloud consumption model is like the yogurt store. <laughs> oh, I think I didn't even I think think you were on the yogurt store. Draw that. <laughs> I definitely well, did not realize it was the, the yogurt store. Even better. That's great. <laughs> It could be Whole Foods bins, it doesn't matter. But every time I okay. see them, that's what I think. It's like, take just literally exactly what you need, mix it all up, and then you pay by the weight. Except here, if you look at it, it says you're paying by time. The time and is fine, it's yeah. I just want to say, tomorrow, watch the show. We have another new segment, .NET. What's new in .NET? So don't miss Hello Word tomorrow. Yeah, and we have no time. So let me just say, stick around, because Thomas Mara is on Azure Fun Bytes talking about hybrid cloud, and I think so. Stick around right here on Learn TV. Bye.